Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I figure, you know, through a quiet drive through the back roads, this is the perfect hands-free way to do it. I hope you enjoyed last night's episode on the United States versus Billy Holiday. If I made any mistakes, please let me know. What an icon. And, you know, with Billy Holiday, that music, that is eternal. And I hope that wherever she is, she is at rest because that the life that she led was filled with so many twists and turns. And I don't want her to just be this tragic figure. She was this musician, this artist that inspired so many people. I still listen to her music to this day. I mean, and you know, we always talk about when you listen to people, their distinct voices. You know, when you hear that record, it's a Billie Holiday record. Just by the tone of her voice and what she's singing about. And so tonight, I promise you, we're going to talk about why I like to go see bands. I don't really go to see pop stars in concert. Nothing against them. But they're... I was listening to Metallica and I thought, you know, that is the perfect thing to talk about why it's so great to go see live music and why when live music comes back, we're just going to, it's going to be like a coming home of sorts, a rebirth. Because nothing beats seeing a live band where you see Lars Ulrich, just he, he hits those drums and boom. They go into Nothing Else Matters. They go into Hardwired to Self-Destruct or Enter the Sandman. Nothing beats that. For me, it's Tool. You know, uh, when they're going to play The Grudge, The Grudge, which is such a great song from Lateralis, and Danny starts it off, Danny Carey, with those drums, and boom. And live music, that's why bands, I love to go see bands. It is just a feeling and it's a mood and it's a sound that when you're singing to a backing track, it's just not the same. And and unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of hip hop artists use backing tracks. I will say that there was one instance where I saw Kendrick Lamar on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon and he had a band and he was doing almost kind of like a free form jazz style to the hip-hop it was amazing to watch and so i like that i like you know when you can throw a band in there and it it can't be just any band you know i think uh was kendrick playing with the roots the roots are such a great band i mean that's why they play with jimmy fallon you know you got quest love come on come on so seeing live bands I mean, we're going to talk about films tonight, but I thought, you know, this is, this is important. Let's, let's talk about why going to see a live concert and going to see a band. I mean, there, first of all, the bass player and the drummer are in on it. You know, they are connected. They have to be connected. Got that rhythm section. You know, I, I still have yet to see you 2 in concert and I'm not even going to bother with an intro tonight. I promise you, we're going to talk about bands. We're going to talk about why live music is theirs. You know, even singer-songwriters like James Taylor or Carol King or the Mamas and the Papas. Why it's about the live instrumentation, okay? It's not about that backing track. It's just not. And... You know, I, I have yet to see you two in concert. I love them. 
And it was a musician who remained nameless, because I don't want to name names, who really said they had the shittiest rhythm section he'd ever heard. And I thought, that's really fucked up. That's really fucked up. Do you play an instrument? No. So I I almost saw you 2 and I know almost doesn't count, in 2018 in San Jose. But my friend didn't want to go. It's like, okay. And I was going to take her for her birthday, so... There goes your birthday gift. <laughs> I've, I've heard such amazing stories about how U2 plays live. I mean, Bono. Bono, as a, as a singer, nobody can touch him. Nobody. And the older he gets, the bluesier his voice gets. There's a beautiful anthetic, anthetic quality to... I can't even speak tonight. There's a beautiful... Uh, spiritual quality to Bono's voice. We'll say it like that. I'll give a shout out to an LNC member of the Strombo crew. Her name is Stephanie. And we bonded over just those U2 songs. There's a really great U2 song from their last album. I think it's Songs of Experience or Innocence. Came out in 2017 and it's called 13 There is a Light. Oh my god. Now the album... I still have to listen to it. There's a few songs in there I'm not, I don't care for. But that song alone, it's such a beautiful song. It's so... That's the thing with U2. Their lyrics are so universal. And then you've got... I'm, I'm going to disagree with that musician. You've got a really great rhythm section. You've got Larry Mullen Jr. Larry Mullins Jr. on the drums. You've got Adam Clayton on bass. You've got The Edge on guitar. And you've got Bono on vocals. And it really, you know, their early releases, 40 years ago, they put out their first album. They put Boy. It was called Boy. And then in 1984, they teamed up with Daniel Lenoir and Brian Eno. And their sound changed. And that led them to the Joshua Tree. The Joshua Tree gave them two number one singles. I still haven't found what I'm looking for in Within within You, Without You. Where the Streets Have No Name, Bullet the Blue Sky. That The Joshua Tree as an album, woo! You know, and then they did Rattle and Hum, which is a live album and a documentary, a rockumentary. But it was for me, Actum Baby. Actum Baby, they went to Berlin. All these music you know, these great musicians of the 20th century, where do they go? The Bowie and Iggy Pop, they go to Berlin. There is an energy, there is an ambiance in Berlin, and you two were able to basically capture that with Actun, baby. You've got Brian Eno and Daniel Lenoir at the controls. I love saying those names. And the Actun, baby, which came out 30 years ago, this November, was really... As Bono said, Actum Baby was the sound of U2 chopping down the Joshua Tree. You know, the Joshua Tree was such a moment for them, a spiritual moment, an ethos. And here comes the Actum Baby, which is dance, funk, metal. I mean, it was, it was crazy. When the pandemic first hit, I remember I went jogging one afternoon and I'm listening to Actum Baby and until the end of the world until the end of the world is this experience i i can't even say tale it is an experience and bono described it i had a book of lyrics that he talked about 
Until the end of the world is basically someone at war and and liking the experience and living within it and not wanting to leave. They like being in the barracks. You know what I mean? So seeing you too is on my is on my list. I don't like to say bucket list because fuck that. Who cares? And Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is going to be eighty this year. Bob Dylan. Let me let me just say something about Bob Dylan, the master vocal or lyricist. Nobody writes like Bob Dylan. Nobody. We have all, you know, listened to people who have done their interpretations of Bob Dylan songs, but only Bob Dylan can do Bob Dylan. You know, Jimi Hendrix famously made all along the watchtower his, and then you hear Bob Dylan's version, or, you know, or the, the birds with Hey Mr. Tambourine Man. So I would love to see, I know that Bob Dylan is ready to tour. He's going to be 80, and he loves to tour. That is that is a promise he supposedly made to the, the chief commander, as he said in his 60 Minutes interview in 2004. He was promoting his biography chronicles. You know. So that, and then Slipknot. Slipknot, from what I've heard, puts on a really wicked show. So that's what I'm living for, is these live shows. You know, up until everything shut down, I was going to concerts a year. You know, I saw in 2019 Iron Maiden, Def Leppard. In 2020, I saw Tool. So, you know, to see these live bands is such an experience. I saw Metallica in 2018, a day after my birthday. That was such a great birthday present you know what I mean to see Metallica and that's where we start off that's where I was beginning and I thought I'd make my you know full circle moment here and talking about seeing live bands and when you see Metallica woo, and they are a touring band that's the thing some bands you know they don't put out albums often and so they tour Metallica were still relevant they were still on everyone's minds they were recording and they you know the hardwire to self-destruct tour from 2016 to 2019 because 2020 you know everything shut down i am i am such a fan of them i had wanted to go see them uh to play live with the san francisco orchestra but those tickets were hard to come by so it didn't happen and you know like many i got to watch the dvd watch the uh you know uh live uh or the you know the streaming version of it and that's what i'm talking about is these live bands these live bands are so important you know i was once invited to go see a certain pop star of a certain name and i won't say who and i didn't want to go and i i like the opening act but i said no it's just not worth it to me you know, I've never seen Madonna in concert. Madonna sometimes plays with a band, sometimes. And I'm not knocking Madonna. Here's the thing. I think Madonna has had such a great pop career. And I think, you know, if she decided to stop today, she would be okay. She's got a legacy that is untouched, that is unmatched. And then you have Lady Gaga, you know. Lady Gaga has a live band because she herself is a musician. So she's playing piano, she's playing guitar, and that's what I like. That's what I live for, are these live bands. And so when everything starts to open up, I 
and we can go see live bands again. I'm going to be there. I'm going to podcast from it. Not during it, because I don't do that. You know, maybe before. You know, there, uh, there is something special about being in the stands and watching that concert or being in the box you know I've never rented a box maybe one day I will and hearing that live band just come over and they start off with that song that you love and then they end with a song that everybody loves you know they're all bands have that one song that if they don't play it there's gonna be a fucking riot and you know with Tool What's interesting is they have such a long, a long catalog. Some of their songs are like 15 minutes long. So with Tool, they have to kind of figure out, okay, how did, how is this going to fit in a set list? Do you know what I mean? The same could be said about Metallica. A lot of Metallica, Metallica, they, they have songs going all the way back to 1983, you know, from their first album, Kill Em All. So when these bands record and then they go live, you know, they a live recording is so oh I I'm I'm having goosebumps just imagining concerts opening back up. You know, I was supposed to see Tool twice in 2020. Tool was the last concert I went to. The last virtual concert I went to was Patty Smith and Lenny Kay of the Patty Smith band. I am such a uh, I don't even want to say fan. I am in awe and inspired by the artistry of Patti Smith and her band. In fact, today is the birthday of Mr. J.D. Doherty. Oh, my God. If you've ever... I've seen Patti Smith twice in concert. And J.D. Doherty, you know when they're going to go into People Have the Power? Woo! He just hits it. He has been with Patti Smith since the beginning. And Lenny K. So I want to give a shout out to J.D. Darty. I don't know if you're listening. If you are, thank you. I am such a fan of yours. I love your energy. You know, when you hear those early Patti Smith recordings. And then, of course, there is the controversial one that we can't talk about. I actually like that song. I, I realize now in the world that we live in, it probably will never be performed again. And I can I can live with that. Patti Smith as an artist has really she's listened to her own voice and that's what I love about her and so that's why I thought I would give a shout out to J.D. Doherty if you don't know who J.D. Doherty is he plays drums for the Patti Smith band he's played drums for churches I think that's their name um the band yeah but such a positive I remember watching an interview they were doing one time about the beat generation for uh, the history of rock and J.D. Doherty was talking about the early beginnings of the Patti Smith band and how you know it was for honkies by honkies I mean it wasn't funky and how when they went to England you know they were playing the roundhouse and the next day they see this band called the Sex Pistols and Johnny Rotten went after Patti Smith. It was so wrong. But that's Johnny Rotten. He's, you know, he thinks everything sucks. That's not the Sex Pistols. And this is J.D. Doherty. He says, you know, without missing beat, uh, Johnny Rotten's like, oh, did you go to the roundhouse last night and see the hippie banging on a tambourine? Horses, horses, horse shit. 
And J.D. Doherty laughs and he says, it was like, oh my goodness, we're already obsolete, you know. Uh, but for me, the Patti Smith band has never been obsolete. And, you know, yes, Johnny Rotten went on to form Public Le- Image Limited, you know. But, yeah. So, J.D. Doherty, happy birthday. I love it when you play. People have the power. There are so many songs when... Oh, one of my favorites when I first got into Patti Smith in the 90s was um, About a Boy. That is such a primal song. And when J.D. Doherty hits those drums, it is it is magnetic. It is beautiful. So as always, Unpleasant Dreams, live concerts, I can't wait.